If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast was recorded before the COVID-19 emergency and before social distancing measures were in place. Please stay home and stay safe. Day ended and I thought, and I found out my friend who sent me up on the date, and I said, oh, well, you know, I went for a date with your friend. It was kind of weird, because, like, a grandma had died that day, and, you know, she still came on the date. She went, oh, no, her grandma hadn't died. Um, she was just a bit nervous, and she drank a bottle of wine, and she, it just, just came out. Postcards from the Edge. Hey, guys, Ida Williams here, and welcome to Postcards from the Edge a podcast where every week I'll be having some amazing guests on, usually joined by my mom, Gwen, and my small-time first husband, Robbie Williams. He's a bit of a limelight stealer, so I will try and keep him to a minimum for you and for me. Every episode, we'll be chatting about our Anglo-American differences, which are huge now that I am an L.A. girl living in the United Kingdom, with a good bit of gossip thrown in as well. So let's get on to this week's guest. In this episode, Gwen, me, Robbie, and Robbie's panties sit down for a lovely chat with David Williams. We chat about sending Gwen off to the Swiss clinic and a little something David did called Swimming the Channel. Big fucking show off. Uh, As well as his incredible new play, The Boy in the Dress, which I might add has incredible music by someone named Robbie Williams. It's all one big promotion and here it is. One quick note. This episode is a bit rude and crude with a few naughty words thrown in. So definitely not family-friendly listening. Sorry, kids. David Williams, I am so happy to have you here today. That felt very funny. I didn't like know that. your mum was going to be here. Well, she's... I'm, I'm the co-presenter. She's oh. the co-presenter. She's kind of... I'm regional manager and co-presenter. <laughs> this is a grand example of nepotism right here. Um, no, me and Gwen get on very well. I know I like, you. I like I mean, Gwen a lot. At the gig, there was a, there was a palpable connection at the gig the other night. We generally have that electricity between yeah, us. You could, you could cut it through with a butter knife. But um, she's taken. She's ta- I know, sadly, David, mm. she's taken. I know. It's a, it's a huge blow for pretty much any man walking on the street, but she's... She's locked down for life. We don't know how long that life is going to be, but she's locked down. <laughs> well, until you send me to the Swiss clinic. I'm send you to the Swiss <laughs> clinic. By the way, I don't think that's a bad way to end it. Well, you... hang on. She's not there yet. No, no, no. I'm just saying when the time comes, if I say, hey, you want to go to Switzerland, you know what I'm I'll talking about. I know what you mean. Yeah, you could <laughs> just... Well, she true. might think you're just going to get some Toblerone. <laughs> <laughs> turns out it's a clinic. Oops. She's not there. <laughs> That's it, you never I'll see give her you again. chocolate at the end if that means anything, if that's what you I want. I can have unlimited chocolate. I can have unlimited chocolate. Um, it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> so can Robert we just Williams describe... appeared in his pants. Black pants. Black pants. Oh, there's no tiger on them either. It's just... Oh, yes, By the way, that was like... Basic put on a t-shirt. Just come and come here, you pants. big hunk of man. <laughs> By the way, that was hysterical. For the viewers that cannot see what just happened, we were sat here, and much like saloon doors busting open in a Western bar, you just... Slid the hotel room doors Hi. open in your. Hello, darling. In your. By the way, well, this is a perfect example because you just said here he is in his pants in in America. These are my pants. Your trousers. No, you call them trousers. Trousers, your pants. <laughs> well, you have to call them underwear. Well, no, I call them pants. We call them underwear or pants. But so. The but you call is, underwear knickers, don't you? Which is Sometimes. a totally. <laughs> we have a lot of euphemisms. For we panties. Have, well, for for lots of things, don't we? Sort of slightly naughty things. We like have lots what? Lots of euphemisms. 
Uh, well, like knickers and bloomers. Bloom- and yeah, bloomers is another kind of one. Thing. And sometimes you just make up words. Like Nicky Nogs or N- something. Yeah, Nicky Nacky Noonahs. Nicky Nacky Babe, I love you and your Nicky Nacky Noonahs. Only doofer. Have you got the doofer? The doofer. Well, yeah. I just remember when I kept getting my pants wet. Like if I'd spill something, I said my pants are wet. I think Rob thought I was either something, incontinent or really turned on. I think girls can say panties. Mm. Can I just say, I've just been asleep like eight, 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 hours. Minutes, eight minutes ago. Yeah. And I had a dream about you. What did you dream? That that was a wig. That your hair was a wig. And it was the weirdest, you sort of like, and then you had these socks on, but they were like ballet shoes. But they were ballet shoe socks made by Vivian Westwood. Oh, okay. oh that's, that's clever. That's like very it. specific. So why were you thinking about hair? I you don't have anything done to yours. Oh, yes, I have. Yes, <laughs> I have. I'd have. I've had a bit of a thatch, but I was watching an advert. It was um, very successful. I didn't need it. You didn't need it. Honestly, I see no you difference. You had it anyway. Yeah. Just because you're over that the... vein. Yes. Yeah. You have treatments you don't need. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I think you quite enjoy the anesthesia process. You enjoy the numbing treatment. You never needed it. Literally you did it didn't, anyway. didn't see any you reason. You feel sorry for, for people who were bored in the past <laughs> who didn't have this opportunity because it's got, it's got very easy very, yes. to have a hair transplant. But they're sort of people who would rely on their personalities. Yeah. Or all those movie stars that used to just wear wigs, like you know, you see John Wayne or James Stewart on the chat yeah, exactly. show, and they clearly wear wigs. <laughs> no, I think well, we should talk about manners because Rob's a perfect. I mean, he he clips his toenails with his mouth. I mean, I don't know how dark we can go down this path, but but are you looking at what are you looking David's at? pants? No, See pants. Oh, what the, the, his I've thigh? Been admiring those, yes. What the, the, the cufflinks are? Beautiful. Oh, are those like yeah. Staffordshire knot? Kind of? No, they're not. They're snakes. The little snakes. Oh, those are good. Where are those from? Tom Ford. You're so fancy. I know. You're really I fancy, know. man. Hey! What? Talk me through what's this podcast Okay, so about. well, actually, you dipped into the first kind of concept, because, you know, when you so graciously helped yourself to the scones. Is that is that part of the podcast? Well, yes, I was going to eat the scones is. either way, but I was going to talk about scones versus, versus scones, because I've always called them oh. a scone. Okay. But you're from the nor- north, which is a whole different land. What do you call them? Scones. You call them scones. Mm-hmm. But and there what do you a... call them? Scones. You call them scones. By the way, you're... That sounds so much scones. nicer. I'm sitting on a very posh voice. I was going to say scones. Um, there's bath and bath as well. Yeah, I say. And even swear words are, are, are pronounced differently. Well, also, Rob always says... Book, look, and cook. Well, that's just different. Though. That's just stoke. But I think that in America, this is one thing that you say too, that is that we, we turn T's into D's. So like, if you ask for a cup of water, that's how we would say it. I, I was I literally... Somebody came and asked me if I wanted a drink. I said... I can have some water, please. And then, huh? I have some water, please. Huh? Water, please. And then I went, water? And they went, oh, okay. (laughs) Okay, water. I like when you guys do our accent, though. You make us, like, 30% dumber. It's like, water and... I think more than that. (laughs) 30%. That's generous generous It's awful, isn't it? Because it is a sort of ingrained sort of slight sense of superiority, isn't it? It's awful. Yeah, but it kind of is true. Well, wait, stop making that face. And also, Americans are really nice, though, because whenever they're... I was like, how friendly they are. And if you're somewhere, you know, in Britain or something, you know, on the train or whatever, uh, American people will happily talk to you. Yeah. And I was like that. They're yeah. very, 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 very friendly, friendly people. And very proud of where they're, where they're from. And and uh, and so, you know... Do you think it's ignorance is bliss? We're more ignorant, so we're more blissful? Do you think we're um, kinder people for it? I don't know. It's just different, isn't it? Because it's such a big country, so people don't leave that often, and so therefore they're maybe a little more unused to, you know, Irony. the outside world culture. Um, <laughs> I like how you said that. It's just that. different, isn't it? It's just a different. I do know. think that Americans, on the whole, are quite friendly in terms oh, yeah, of. Yeah, very friendly. Uh, yeah, no, well, Los Angeles isn't the world, and Los Angeles. No, like Midwestern, Midwesterners, so, like, and Southern people—they're like, so nice, beautiful people, they're gorgeous so nice. people. Uh, sensitive and loving and generous and authentic and 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 authentic. Gwen's saying words again. What did you say? Uh, Midwesterners are authentic. They are authentic and so West easy Co- to sleep with. Really? <laughs> Even though you're not famous in America. Yeah. Do you know here? <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. First of all, don't need to know. Wow. Okay. I just yeah. want to pass this around. This well, is the but I know. Map. First of all, okay. We'll look at the scone map in a second. But I just want to touch on this. Is this because you just show them Nebworth on every first date? No, no, because no. you showed me Nebworth on our first first date. date. First date. I just has it casually on. Yeah, this is 
This That's is what who I am. I'm a little like Bruce Wayne to you, but I'm actually <laughs> that Batman. guy. I, yeah, on the I, first I was day. there. I was there at Nebworth. Were you at Nebworth? Yeah, I was at Nebworth. Yeah. Were you? Yeah, I saw it. You is came. You came pre, on pre-fame. Well, yes, I suppose it was. It was just, a, <laughs> it was just an, an entity, and I would have never have dreamed of being invited onto a podcast. Um, <laughs> How you came lucky on with you Mark, are! Mark, because... Mark Owen came on at the end, and you did a kind of thrash back for good. Yeah, I remember that. Being a brash back. A thrash. For... Oh, a thrash. A thrash back. version. I yeah. suppose it was a bit sort of I don't know. Well, so, or something. so what were you doing at the time? What was your job? Uh, well, no, I was sort of in show business. That was not well job. known. You know, I was, oh, right, right. I've been doing like com- you know comedy stuff and writing. I started so, off. So writing. you were you were at JT Sports. <laughs> wow. Well, here, let me just tether you to the ground, David. This will this this will make some mid ranking boy. Band. Well, no, well, let me. Uh, just... <laughs> I, was in, uh, I was I was acting and writing and doing comedy, but obviously he was not, on his not, way up, Rob. Not, not to this, you know, not not to the, not that I was well known. That's okay. I but wait, wait, can I just say something though? Yeah. That I actually knew who you were before I knew who yes. you were. Yes. So let me just hold on, hold on. Table, table, table it like that. Can you remember it just felt like an eternity that James Corden was just like, Oh, James. I wonder when he'll get his Remember, he's making up right now. No, he really is, isn't he? Because <laughs> yeah. like, like James Corden would just be like there's this, and it's David, and well, it's lovely. remember a night out, we went out. And we it's lovely, man. Jazz. In London, yeah. we and then, to, but, we... but then I, I would bump into, like, James every six or seven months at a random thing, and it'd be like, I wonder when he's going to get his turn. Do you know what he's doing? He's pissing on a Robbie Williams poster right now. Yeah, he really he's, is. he's, like, in America just hosing yeah. it. Well, I saw him, you know, because he's, uh, he's in Cats as well, isn't he? Oh, yeah. he's right with Meryl. yeah. So, you know, not only has he got this huge career on television, he's I got know, a film career. Well. So now when James sees me now, he goes, oh, bless. oh he Robbie, his... when's he going to get his spot in the light again like yeah. he used to have? <laughs> when's he going to come to America? Yeah. When are they going to catch it's on? It's interesting, those timings, though, aren't they? They're quite strange, aren't they? Like, sometimes your contemporaries really overtake you. Yes. And then sometimes people are playing a really long game or something. It's You're playing the long game. I'm playing a really long game. Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda in the house. That's right. <laughs> no, I think, babe, you're going to have your big... No, Big I, think, I, I, think, into... I think I'm swinging, no joke, I think I'm <laughs> swinging back into that bit where they go, oh, I'm glad he's still about a bit. Like vinyl? Don't, no jokes. Does, no, don't no know but I think jokes. the Vegas uh, shows have kind of changed things, haven't they? Because you're now a big draw in Vegas. Yeah, there was nothing wrong with my career. No. But you're becoming you're becoming more no, more recognisable in stopped, the states. You'd stopped, hadn't you? You'd stopped, hadn't you? <laughs> you were retired, right? You were yeah, I mean, you, you were living people, you were living people, hiding, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> people, no, people actually like you still do still do music. Oh, good for you. Oh, what about your mate from on DM from from Stoke on Trent? That the, the thing. Oh, bless my mate from school. So, Rob's connected with some people from high say? school. Aid. And he's like, uh, hey, I've just bought tickets for the Killers in Manchester next year. You're not supporting them by any chance, are you? Oh. Ow. I was like, oh. <laughs> Ow. So I million tickets on my last tour. I did. I always like people very, very keen on putting you in your place. They no. always think you need taking down a peg or yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. That's an English thing, by the way. Yeah, it's it a is, very. Yeah. No, English no, thing. I don't. I don't think he was doing that. I no, he just genuinely, genuinely thought he was. Genuinely. Doing what about the guy hey, in the lift? It'd be great. Which one? The one on the lift here. What did what? Didn't he say like, "Are you still doing music?" What oh, I've say? had loads of that. I've had. Lo- <laughs> I've had. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Still carrying yeah. on. Plugging away. Still <laughs> plugging away. <laughs> yeah. What about you, David? Has anyone come up to you and said anything incredibly passive aggressive, checking you either consciously or unconsciously that you can remember in recent? Oh history? yeah, well all the time. Like um, what? Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I used to. Like, well, I used to like you when I was little. <laughs> yeah. Ones, yeah, yeah. Like that. Do you forget my uh, mom used to like you? Rob gets a lot of mothers. Yeah, I also get every day. Uh, I would, it's seriously every day. Ah, oh, such a shame you're not on the X Factor anymore. <laughs> I was like, well, and that, that wasn't the one I was on. <laughs> you haven't been paying attention, have you? There's a whole other show called Britain's Got Talent. But that's okay. I mean, I just guess people, I don't know, some people genuinely don't know that you're up to anything. Right. But what's um, worse? But what's on some worse? people probably trying to trying to sort of you know. I think it's worse to, when people genuinely don't know. It's better when they're trying yeah. to put you down because you're I, like, oh, they're just being nasty. But when someone genuinely says something, oh no, a genuine. I think it's worse. All the ones that I get are like genuine. That's worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's best not to worry too much about it, is it? It's quite good to be put in your place sometimes because it just you know reminds you that you're not 
that not everyone cares. <laughs> Whoever you are, not everyone cares today. I mean, I bet someone has gone up to Barack Obama, are you up to much these days? Or, you know, yeah. I mean, Can you like, imagine what he gets, though, if there is someone dumb enough to go like, so Barack, like, yeah. what are you doing? It's like, yeah, what are you up to? Well, I, oh, no, I, I got, I, I, I got, when I was in Take That, somebody back in Stoke went, because uh, like, um, Top of the Pops used to be filmed on a, oh, it used to be on on a Thursday, I think. And he said, uh, so what do you do for the rest of the week? <laughs> and that was his that was his opening question, and I didn't know what he meant. And I went, "What are you on about?" And he went, "Well, you're on top of the pops, and what do you do for the rest of the week?" And he genuinely thought that the that only thing that you that did was all you did was be on top of the pops. Well, yeah. I remember when I was when I was when I was acting because I was the only one kind of acting from high school because they all went off to be lawyers and doctors and investment bankers, and that was kind of the path I was on. I remember it was like if I had like anything more than like a two month break from working, I'd get the question. So what are you going to do if this acting thing doesn't work out, or he's still yeah. doing the acting thing? It was like it's literally been two months. But you would really get, I would get very insecure about it because I thought, wow, I'm never going to work again, and and I should just get my shit together. Yeah, but like I, someone last night said, oh, we don't, we need you back on TV. I was like, well, <laughs> on, on it quite regularly, <laughs> <laughs> probably and two months. <laughs> I'm on it actually too. Well, I've been on TV sort of really every year for about Daily. the last, last 20 years. I mean, what, how much more do you want to see? I love that she said it. We really need to get you I know. It's like, it's like, it's sad. I'm slightly sorry it's, for me. It's just, that's the thing. Is, <laughs> it's the sadness for you. I don't know. It is one of those funny things. I think people don't. Well, Yoda, you tell us. Do people mean to do that? Or are they just trying to make banter and they don't know about how it works and they're empathizing? Well, there goes both ways, right? I mean, some people truly are ignorant and dumb and stupid, and other people are really mean. Okay, Thank that was you, good. Baby Yoda. Thank you, Baby Yoda. Thank you. Um, okay, so I wanted to. Oh, this was a word also that I wanted to discuss with you. Is that we did David's face right now? It's just like. I'm just looking at you. She's very beautiful. She's very beautiful. She's stunning, mate. Done very well. Thank you. I mean, if you see what I put up with, David, it's really imbalanced. I mean. The, scratch, <laughs> the scratching of the button, the farting is. But I love you, Boozy. Yeah. And I love you too, David. Oh, thank you. You're in the love fold. I never, I never stop um, being in. Or every now and again, I'll be just like talking to Hydra, and then my eyes will light up, and I'll look at, and I'll, I'll be amazed at the beauty that I'm staring at. Aww. At least once or twice a day, you see me do that. Yeah, you do. When I sort you, of like go, yeah. and I sort of like taken aback. Yeah, you do that. But if you time. had to pick something you didn't like about me, <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Okay, okay, we can do this. We can do this. Okay, what's your least? It, can't, it has to be physical. It can't be. Emotion. Yeah. Well, you know, be careful. Be careful, Rob. Careful. You're going on. You're going on eggshells here. You're going. I mean, because it will be remembered, and then you'll have to. It'll be on. It. It'll be on tape. She's well, too beautiful. That's the right answer. No, you know that thing that you do with. Um, you know that thing that you do when you're. <laughs> you sort of like point out your own imperfection that I haven't noticed. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you go, yeah, but what about my nose? Yeah, yeah. I always think my nose is crooked. Yeah, you go, oh my nose. Yeah. But like that's. Oh, it's fine, yeah. Nose. That's I was what, like, oh, it's crooked. That's it's what, crooked. I do that thing in the mirror yeah, and I'm like, you, you, show, I, go, show I, go, I go, I go, oh, look, straighter, crooked, straighter, crooked. That's what she does for the folks at home. She's taking a finger. And sort of like <laughs> but I've also started to do that thing. I've also started to do that thing that I used to see my grandmother and my mother do now that I've turned 40. is like, I've started to do this thing where I look in the mirror and I go, hmm. Mm, you're just pulling. Hmm. I'm just pulling. Pull- Putting the Slightly, skin up you know, what you look see, like. It's like it's like it's my foreskin or something. I've never been attractive. So it's just re- I feel blessed now. I'm getting older. Just, I've got nothing to lose. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because I think if you are really prized for your beauty, it must be quite hard as well, you get older. But Rob if you said, were never, if no one ever compliments into, you. No one ever compliments you in the way you look. <laughs> fine. You're going, well, there we go. I've just got old. <laughs> just got old. Well, men have it better than women, though, in terms of the aging yeah, process. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. But you said the thing that was like the darkest thing I think I've ever heard anyone say about beauty was like, would you say beautiful women die twice? And it was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. It's rough. Yeah, you said that. Yeah. On my say. 40th. Huh? Nice thing to say. Yeah. No, I happy birthday, birthday Ida. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Ida, happy birthday. Beautiful, beautiful women, women died twice. Do you know what he wrote on my cake? This is your first. <laughs> <laughs> he he did a thing on my cake once for my birthday and said just said you're the oldest woman I've ever had sex with. <laughs> and when she became forty, she she I was she slid into my favorite porn category. So I'm I'm <laughs> How old are you? Forty five. 
How old are you? 48. Are you? Yeah. You've preserved very well. Thank I you think you have. You, you just you, look you like look you. You look the same. Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't changed that. I'm going to be faster. You, fatter, you look exactly the same. How did you lose weight? Uh, fish. Right. Well, you do squid fish. and chocolate. It's your combo. Yeah. What's the biggest you've been? I think, was it when we were dating and we were just eating chocolate and crisps? Well, we, when we got together, we, it was like going for gold because we just got together and then they were like, well, we found each other now. Let's just eat. And it was like two, it, it, you called me Sir Honey Dijon. Because and you I called me, two, and you called me Lady Sea Salt. Lady Sea Salt. We'd have those big kettle chips, but then donuts. We just went for it. And she stayed that size. And <laughs> there was... There was one day that I came in. He put on 40 pounds. There was one day that I came in and I got my tracksuit on. And Ida had obviously been wearing my tracksuit and undone it with a drawstring and tightened it to her own size. And I can remember coming in the bedroom. <laughs> you got going, mad at me. I was, babe, if you're going to wear my tracksuits, undo the strings. Yeah. And undo I was like, the strings. I was like, eh? And it wasn't, she hadn't been wearing my tracksuit. I just got fat. <laughs> they hadn't been made tighter. It was just a completely different size. Mm-hmm. But I remember when we were in our in our um, our love nest, our love nest. When we were eating the chunk, we watched you swim the channel. We watched mm, back the chunk. to me. Back, back to, to me. you. Back See, to me and my achievements. Well, I just think it's important <laughs> to know that you've been a thread of, of the fabric of our of our of our love I story. Can imagine that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but the little Britain thing was way before. Hey, hey, hey! Let's talk about channel swimming. Let's not gloss over that. Sorry. How the heck did you do that, by the way? Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for Baby Yoda, simmer down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was, uh, I was on a a trip with Comic Relief and they said, oh, is there anything sporty you've ever wanted to do? I said, oh, I was about to swim in the channel. The guy went, you can do it next year for sport relief. (laughs) Thank you. I was like, oh. But were you like a good swimmer? You must yeah, have been a good, a good swimmer. swimmer. But who not... swims for... No one swims for ten and a half hours, do they? No. I and mean, you swim for half an hour, maybe. I can't even and it's swim kind of boring, and you stop, and you go, well, that was that. Did you have to train for months? Yes, of course I had baby to Baby Yoda. Come on, baby no, Yoda. No, no, you no, just did wise. it. No, I just <laughs> thought... You just woke up that morning. I just had a big breakfast. No, you have to train for a long time, because you have to get used to the cold water. So I had to do like eight hour training swims. Oh. It's really, really boring. And you have to train all through the winter and oh. the spring when the, the it's really cold. When the water so, starts to move again. So it was, move again? Well, I mean, doesn't it It's always moving. In winter? It's water. Doesn't it freeze? You can't do it if you're really skinny because you you need a layer of fat. You're out, Gwen. To keep, to keep you warm. Which you've got already. So Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank goodness. Well, actually, I lost a lot of weight doing the training because I was swimming so much. And I actually looked pretty good. And then they went, right, and you've got to put on two stones. You had to put on two stones for the I was so annoyed because I, I was actually looking great. You were but then I had a great time, a bit like your donut time. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm eating. Because you for, have to. For, for sport relief. Yeah. <laughs> so I was eating lots of cheese and cupcakes and things like oh, that. Oh, that's is there, nice. Is there a, a place that you go to in your head in those moments where you you sort of see yourself from above? Or, or I, I don't know what I'm trying to ask. I think it's good to... to uh, to visualize, you know, if you were successful at something, I think it's quite a helpful thing. So, so definitely visualize what it would be like to get to the other side and how, and how good that, that feeling feel. might be. And but is there any moments where it's meditative and you sort of disappear? Yeah, or, or like within the swim, because you're quite—it's quite boring swimming. And it's, it's isolating. Just, you're, yeah, you're just there. Your face is down in the water. There's nothing to look at, and so yeah, you're alone with your thoughts, and you just have to kind of get to some sort of. Because I feel like... I don't really know what Zen is, but I hear it used a lot, so Zen state. Well, when we we train for the marathon... That's what Baby Yoda is. Baby Yoda is, is in a permanent state of Zen. We train for the marathon, and there were definitely moments of just like... Because not eight and a half hours, but... Well, maybe for you it was, but it was... You know, <laughs> but the you, people at home say... Oh, sorry, we, the people I at home... I train for the marathon. Oh, sorry, yeah. Rob did not train for the marathon. He was busy doing Nebworth. We, Gwen and I, Gwen and I trained for the marathon to raise money for AIDS. Right. And we kind of did it as a mother-daughter thing. But I noticed that because it's so physically exhausting, there were moments where you were present within it. And then moments where you had to go deep within and you were kind of in a different state. Yeah, just, where, just making your, your legs move. Right? Yeah, exactly. Really thinking about anything else. Exactly. So it was, so I can't imagine with something where you're swimming for eight and a half hours. Did you swim to, sorry, did you, did you run together as in No, no I left her the minute. The minute it started, it right. was, she was going to much slower pace. Were you trampled underfoot, or were she was? She <laughs> was. By the way, you're crossing the finish picture with my I one of my. See this? It's hysterical because mine's horrible. quite like 
I was running really fast because I was. How old were you? I was twenty three, so right. twenty two. So I was. I was fifty something. And well, we can just assess that you're thirty years older than me. So you were fifty two or fifty three. And mine's quite victorious when I'm crossing through and I'm kind of like the only one. It's a great shot. And then we got your picture and there's, who were you running with? That there guy, was some like, the guy that, there was some like very unhealthy looking man with his tongue out. He was a drummer. And he was, he kind of is like crossing line with Gwen kind of hunched over with his tongue out. And Gwen's <laughs> kind of like this. It's just the best. It's the least victorious looking picture. <laughs> But um, but I remember it being. I still also, did it in the top fifty percentile. Let's. But the other people died. It doesn't count. <laughs> but when we but we we did it. It was the, what what I don't know if it surprised you was actually the time commitment of training oh. it was just like I had no social life. I know. I, I know, couldn't date. I know. It's, it was you know. It's it's, it's tough, isn't it? Because yeah. There's no time to really do anything. Nothing. And and I didn't realize. I don't think I would do it again, knowing how much time it required to actually. <laughs> get through it and to do well like you had to be i can't imagine with doing eight and nine hour swims it was boring i mean i'd get it I'd, I'd drive to dover harbor so i would i would then you know get in the water at nine o'clock in the morning and not get out till five o'clock in the afternoon and uh, also not, uh. not get out to even eat or anything like that but you, you, wow you have some do they give you like a goo or something yeah, the gels, like, the goo. and then drive back to london so i get home in the evening and just think oh, that was my day did you ever think of in the midst of it, because I feel like I definitely had moments with the training where it got so hard that I just thought, what am I doing? Did you ever think you were going to quit or because it was for comic relief, you knew you were going to... I felt like I couldn't quit because, yeah. and I don't know, you know, when, when you're doing something for other people where there's some pressure on you, it's actually a good thing, isn't it? A hundred percent. Because then you actually do it. Otherwise, I mean, if I was just doing it for my own... Benefit. You're jolly. I would just have given up. Yeah. So do you, um, now looking back on it, do you take something of value away from it for yourself? Yeah, because you think, oh, sort of, you're mentally tougher than you thought. Yeah, yeah, and that it's you always try harder when you're doing something for other people. A hundred percent. So, did you visualize getting to the other side? Uh, why? Before? We just talked about that. Yes, I did visualize it, but I also <laughs> went to see this hypnotist called Paul McKenna. Oh, Paul McKenna. Who you all know? <laughs> we all know Paul McKenna. And uh, Paul, he did this thing where he made me sort of visualize success and stuff. And actually, I hadn't done it before he mentioned it, and I thought it was very useful thing to do because I, when- I thought yeah if I get to the other side it'd be great everyone will think I'm some great guy <laughs> I actually thought if I'd have died on the, better, on, better the boat story. on the way back better story say I'd have died on the boat on the way back <laughs> I would be some sort of <laughs> there'd be a statue oh yeah 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 back. yeah I mean it's interesting be... isn't it the manner of your death can be quite defining for sure that would have been the best time for me to die 100% on the boat on the way back so just from <laughs> Victorious. the he just raised money and now he's, he's died just, he just well died. I had an overwhelming feel of what a guy yeah, we did. We yeah, had a what a guy in bed eating our crisps. We were like, what a guy. Mm. And I hadn't met you, but knew you from but Little you Britain. you wanted to. But I did. I did. <laughs> it was an ambition. It was an ambition. You it was visualized on the list. it. I visualized it. I visualized it. <laughs> did you use Rob as the way to get to me? Um, I did. I this is where it's that. really uncomfortable because it's all coming <laughs> to light. Yes, yes. But so where did you meet? We met on a blind date. Blind date. Who set you up? A mutual. I did. What do you mean? You, you, baby Yoda. No, I didn't. I didn't set. I, I, I knew the guy that set you up through me. Okay. I, I knew. Mm. Okay. It's a very tenuous link. So you. Well, she's that baby Yoda's not having it. There so was, what did you know about him before the date? Yeah. Not much. They said we went to a dinner. I was at my brother's. He always went to. Um, did you ever go to that restaurant? Um, Trader, Trader Vic's in yes. L.A.? So that Not was in LA, up into the one here. So yeah. that was our. Do they have one here? Yeah, they, they did. had one. They had yeah, one now, I think. So my grandparents used to go to that restaurant. We went. We, we got brought as a child and or just children. And so my brother it became his kind of ritual to go to Trader Vic's for his birthday every year. And so his birthday is in January, and I was single, and I was at this dinner for his birthday. And Callum, this friend of ours who ultimately set us up, he was with another actor called. Do you know who Sean McGuire is? Yes. Okay, so Sean and Callum came to dinner because Sean was Callum's friend, but Sean and I had been... You can trim the fat, you know. Well, we can trim it afterwards. You just like, it's like January... Okay, fine, whatever. Friends. They came to the dinner. They came to the dinner. I was at a dinner. What? I was, I was at, at a dinner. dinner. Fine. You yeah. tell the story. No, no, no. You I was at a dinner. They I'm were like, gonna, are you single? Trim the fat Sean you. was like, you're amazing. You're incredible. How are you single? And they were like, we've got someone to set you up. But they were meeting up with you later. And they said your name, which sounded like a familiar name, like I knew the name. I didn't know what you looked like or anything. and um, Just as well. Just as well. Do you know what I mean? It might have been a no. And um, and then they said, "We're gonna can we set you up? And I was so it like, was properly blind. You hadn't seen what he I looked hadn't, like. I hadn't seen what he looked like. 
We had no... And you hadn't seen what I'd look like. Oh, I googled her, yeah. Right, okay. But we hadn't ever talked. And then they said, can we give them your number? I thought, oh, I don't want to be set up on a blind date. They it's gave, embarrassing. Isn't it is. It? And I've had so many... I once had a really bad Did one, you? I'll tell you about when you finished. Okay, okay. So this, finally finished. So, oh, I know. <laughs> three hours later. Listen, and then we met. You tell your story. I know, and then you met. And then was it instant? Were you instantly in love with each other? Yeah, kind of. At first it was incredibly awkward. I just thought, oh, he's a bit weird. There was a moment within 10 minutes of us going to the party where we sat on this couch and it was instant. It was like I'd known him my whole life. It was like, the, honestly, it was like the universe opened up and it was like someone understood me and got me and I got them. And it was awesome. And I didn't say anything true to... True that. And I didn't say anything to him at the time because I thought, that'll come off like a psycho. And then nine months later when he was telling the story about how we met, he goes, and then there was this like, amazing moment on the couch where I was just instantly in love. And I went, you felt that? I felt that. So there was a that's thing. That's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And that's how I was lured into his wicked web. I got set yeah, up about, by yeah. a friend who's like, oh, you've got to meet my friend. She's amazing. She's incredible. You're going to love her. She's wonderful. <laughs> Perfect. She's funny. Oh, my God. You're, oh, just you, wait. Oh, all, right, all right. And it wasn't quite a blind date because I guess you knew what I looked like, but I didn't know what she was doing. She, right. she was a very pretty girl. Anyway, went, went to Metro in the pub, but she was really, like, monosyllabic. No. So how are you? Fine. <laughs> how was your day? Good. Oh, I was like no. that. I was like that, like, for about an hour. I was like, oh, this is really hard. And then we left the um, left the pub, and she went. My grandma died today. Oh my god! And I oh was like, no! God, I'm, I'm so. Oh god! I'm so sorry. How did she die? She just died. And I went. What was it? An illness, or did, was it sudden? She just died. Like, oh, oh I'm really? Fuck. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. And anyway, so you know, date ended, and I thought, and I found out my friend who sent me up on the date and I said oh well you know, I went for a date with your friend it's kind of weird because like a grandma had died that day and you know she still came on the date she went oh no her grandma hadn't died um, she was just a bit nervous and she drank a bottle of wine and she, it just just came out are you kidding <laughs> <laughs> well that's worse that's mental who invents that their that's grandma mental. died that's mental what is she mean? I have AIDS I was like what was mental <laughs> What are you supposed to do with that? Wow. When other people have died, well, they've died a lot. That's so weird. No, I didn't do anything weird like that with you. I just thought I was funny and you were not funny. Did you ever go AWOL with your drugs in terms of, you know, did you ever like not show for things? Oh, yeah, he stood me up. No, no, no. He said things that matter like jobs. (laughs) You asshole. No, because there are people who just like go missing for like weekends and things like that. You would just stay at home and do it? Uh, yeah, no. If I had a job to do, I would do the job. And then you'd get high as a kite afterwards. Did it ever, it, did it ever affect your work in a big way? I, I think my songs were better. <laughs> 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 I think the quality of the songs... It's, it's, like, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's funny that uh, sort of like when I got into smoking weed in a big way. It's like I smoked weed... And then didn't smoke weed, and then got into smoking weed in a big way, and did the Rude Box album. So it's you can sort of classify the the but journey you that smoke I've been weed. on. You should not smoke weed. Postcards from the edge. What is the connection between musicians and and drink and drugs? Because I know Elton well, and he's obviously went through a period of twenty years, which he's talked about a lot of, you know, going crazy. And uh, I just, it seems like it's something particular to, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying other people don't do it. Of course they do. Normal, and people who have norm, totally normal jobs, you know, are addicts. But obviously it does seem like it, a, a, per- a large yeah. percentage of people who are musicians. I've not got a clue. I mean, my, my outside looking in would be, it's quite strange because we'll just be talking about, I don't know, the kids or the dogs or whatever. And he goes, okay, I got to go back, you know, because... And then I go to my seat, and the next thing I know, he's out there in front of 80,000 people going, Robbie fucking William. You know, and it's like this whole other persona. And then it's so large. And then you kind of get off stage. And I think there's this real adrenaline kind of misplaced because you just had to be this guy for two and a half hours yeah. on such a huge degree. And I think it's only really music where people really yeah, scream when they see you. Yeah, exactly. Because however well known you are as a movie star or, you know, I don't know, comedian or whatever. People not don't go that, that crazy for you, and I think that is particular yeah. to, uh, to to being a musician. And it's well. like when you film something, you know, like even if you're not that I would know a huge movie star, but you know, you're doing it. It's all in the canyon. There's like the crew around, and it's you do your yeah, lines. People are bored. People are bored. Whereas when you're doing your job, it's 
it's live and it's it's pumped and people are drunk and they're screaming and they've got personal relationships with you that you don't have with them necessarily and there's a lot coming at you and then you have to match that with a lot coming back at them and then you're supposed to just kind of get off stage and then have a cup of tea and go to bed and i you know i noticed with rob because he doesn't do drugs anymore is that you know his kind of responses as tour goes on is that his hours get later and later and later because he just is filled with so much adrenaline and you know we'll watch I don't know, I'm a celebrity or uh, a, a repeat of whatever. And it's like, you know, it's hard to simmer down after being pumped up like Superman. Yeah, it was six o'clock this morning that I got to sleep and five o'clock the morning before, after the show. It's, it's impossible. Like, have you noticed anything? Do you, do you have that when you do? There's definitely, yeah. there's definitely, it's definitely harder. I mean, I don't yeah. have the euphoria, I imagine, you experience, but definitely if you've been on stage, you don't come off stage till like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night or whatever. It's definitely hard to sleep because, yeah, your adrenaline is pumping. And yeah. That's, I guess, why some people go off searching for excitement, don't they, to try and keep that feeling Keep that going. feeling. And there's always people around to help you maintain that feeling. You Has know? there been a David Walliams tour? Have no, you done a tour? No, no, we did a Big Little Britain tour. No, I know. I we remember we watched went, that. Uh, yeah, we did, I think, 250 shows. Wow. Yeah, you did, yeah. That's huge. That was incredible, yeah. Did you enjoy it or were you just um, knackered? You go through different periods. I mean, I actually always enjoyed being on stage yeah. because making people laugh is a great privilege and really good fun. But obviously there are days when you're stuck somewhere where, you know, away from home and something's happening that you wish you could be there for. You know, yeah, of course. Your dad's birthday or something and you're stuck somewhere miles away. Some grim hotel. And you're also trying to fill the day. Mm-hmm. You know, you're away from home. You're not getting your things around you, your friends around well, it's you. It's isolating because you have no, yeah. the only infrastructure So you're just waiting to do the show. But I always like being on stage and I'd like to do that again. But I've never done a, a solo tour, no. Do you... I don't really know what I do. You could just talk. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. people are a bit interested I'd like to do something around my books maybe I was just, well, I was I'd like just to put to together a show yeah. around my books where I, I'm there and maybe there's actors and maybe there's music story. and stuff like you should that. do a world like a, world like a David a David Williams world there's going we were... a theme park ride is there? Yeah. Yeah. Alton Towers no yes. way is there really yes, how I've cool is that I've got, I've, got so one, cool. I've got one before Robbie yeah. <laughs> you totally do <laughs> yours would be called yeah but I might buy that theme park so <laughs> I could get ah, rid of that. No, you bastard. <laughs> you <laughs> rich bastard. Close it down. Close uh, it down and put a 90s theme no, park. No, it's exciting. It's in Towers. There's going to be a, a ride based on one of my books. Which book is it based on? I'm not allowed to say. Okay, it's it incredible because I, I no, kind of no. think, you know, you almost like saying to them, well, I mean, I don't think this this, this secret is going to set the world alight. <laughs> but there you go. Funny, you know, there's often things that are secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and you get it. Think, oh, yeah, fair enough. Does it need to be secret? Dave, that's great. That's so cool. Alfred's going to freak you know I think there's like certain things that make our kids excited more okay, than okay so what makes your kids excited well, like I think the tiger who came to tea which actually I've just, had, I've just oh, had a thought real. it's like the one thing that when we joke battle between David that I can hang over him oh here we go it's like the more things sold and the more money 
you know. But the rest of he's got over you. Yeah, and no, but I think in like ten years he's he's got all of those things over he's you. He's gonna dwarf me. Yeah, yeah. And then all I'll have is my good looks. <laughs> <laughs> he's evil. He's just he evil. evil. He's an evil bad man. <gasps> I'm not warming to him. No, I'm not. I don't even know. We didn't even invite you. Because like David, you were in the room next door. <laughs> David sold thirty-five thousand million. Did you just say thousand million? I mean, thousand million sounds like so a lot. Passive no, 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 aggressive. No, no. Thirty-five million, million books. And like the first time I sold thirty-five million of anything, I was like, I've got to get out of this band and stop my solo. <laughs> I was. It's like you're so twenty awful. now. He's an you're awful 20 person. Twenty now. He's an awful person. And David. you, you. <laughs> Should we boo him? Should we just boo him? He's just bad. Not, Whoa. not relevant in America. <laughs> Hashtag. We all remember that moment, oh, Judas. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> when he left. Oh, that was a help line. <laughs> yeah, was no, but I... That's not true. I've just, see, I've just seen... Did you see the future? And you I've saw that David's way future. bigger than you are? Yeah. Yeah, 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 he is. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. It's interesting. In every um, band, whether, you know, like girl band or boy band, one of them leaves. And they, they then stay on. They stay together for about another year. And, and then they just, all... Yeah. And then they all leave. Yeah. It's exactly the same happened thing... Exactly the same thing happened to the Spice Girls. Yeah. And exactly the same thing happened to One Direction. Yeah. It? It so happens with... And they kind of go, oh, we're going to carry on as a four. And, and you're just, like, never And they just work. basically fulfill some commitment, you know. And yeah. then they all realise, I don't and want to fucking be with you either. I want to leave as well. I know. Yeah. I think there's sort of like a five year thing. Like an expiration? Well, you can only be together for five years. We I were... don't think you, 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 you know that. But if you look back, I, I, I bet One Direction's thing was five years. And I bet the Spice Girls was But do you think also it's because like the age usually these bands you're quite young when you get together and you change so much and then you've got this fame thing mixing that you kind of change in different directions and you kind of instead of being 18 you're 24 and you're like uh, well, also, I want something different. Also you're at that age where your testosterone is just making you go I want to dominate this situation I want to dominate but like everybody's having their own version Are of Are you that talking about band. Mel C? No I'm not. <laughs> so um and I, I think that that's probably what, I, in fact, I know what went on in One Direction and probably what went on in the Spice Girls too because you're at that age where you're young bucks vying for position. Jockeying for top dog. Yeah. But Did do you, you think... my stomach then? Yeah, was that your stomach? Yeah. Would you God ever wish us. you'd stayed a bit longer? Uh, in a way... Yes, but uh, you know what happened to my solo career? It's like God. Yeah. Did you have one? Yeah. <laughs> not America, David. Not America. <laughs> if we could have gone right, okay. Now we're going to play instruments, and I'm going to be the lead singer. <laughs> then we would have had a great time. And in the end, we ended up doing that anyway. When we came yeah. back with Progress, we we did this incredible album that I absolutely love. I always think it's nice if things finish on a good note. On a good note. Like that wham final or something like that. Just yeah. Comes together. lovely about that, isn't there? Where, where everyone's decided at the same time that they want to finish and finish and, and, and do it on a on a quite synthetic yeah, a note. Yeah, a celebration. Think Andrew yeah. originally had decided that? It being the everyone in that equation? Think he'd gone, yeah. Yeah, we should actually. We should actually. <laughs> We I should sh- do this. I should actually getting stop getting fifty percent of the uh, royalties <laughs> for all of your songs. Did he get fifty percent of it? I think he did. I think he co-wrote Careless Whisper. Actually. Oh, did he? Well, he's credited with co-writing. Is he? Yeah. Have you seen? It? He's such a good-looking man. He's still good-looking. Yeah, looking. I, he's that fantastically good-looking. Yeah, but I was thinking both of you have been in situations where you've been in kind of partnerships, bands, if you will. I mean, you and Matt mm-hmm. did your stuff together, and you and take that, and then you've done stuff obviously prolifically I'm talking to David on your own thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> um, you know and we were talking about this earlier is like well you know because we were talking about a certain neighbor who we will not name um, you know at what point can you not go back into an equation you know like you and take that have gotten back together and it's all been very nice and I'm sure at some point you and Matt will yeah, yeah have, we had dinner last night yeah, so yeah for no- you know it's like at what point do you think things become so toxic or things become so fractured that you can't go back because in certain cases bands haven't been able yes, to yes I know like the Smiths for example yeah exactly one of my favourite bands but you know Morris Johnny is difficult <laughs> never wants to go back and well the Gallagher's happened. too right we the Gallagher's I think it's TBC. probably when someone's I don't know Broke. I can only imagine someone is so 
toxic in a one That's what I mean. word. That it's just impossible to spend time with them without them upsetting you within a second of you walking through the door. Yeah. And I guess in that sort of situation, there's just no amount of money or a claim is going to get you back together. Because also, I thought being creative with someone actually requires a chemistry. you to respect each other. It's a bit like making love in a way, isn't it? It's a give and take and you've got to actually you know, care about the other person and, uh, and, and, and receive their ideas and all that sort of thing. And if you can't do that because you hate each other... You can't have the... Thing. Do you ever see Some Kind of Monster, the documentary yes. about Metallica? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't know I much about Metallica, it. but basically... It's the it's, up, it's Metallica in therapy. Yeah, we so, were trying to so see it. So they're making an album with a therapist. A, a therapist no, yeah. no. It's really strange. But actually, the therapist kind of at first you think this is absolutely ridiculous, but by the end you think, oh, actually, done, you know, he's actually helped them. Does he do? Does he get it? I mean, well, he is gets it them necessary into a place he, where they can function? Is it weird watching a therapist? It's kind sad of... watching. I thought if I was a huge Metallica fan, You'd be I would be sad watching the band that I love and they, they need like a couple of them don't like each other. And I'd, I'd feel sad about that because I'd think, oh, come on. You want them to be Yeah, well, yeah, because I think about a band, band is it? it's together. a gang, isn't it? And you think, and you think, oh, uh, you know, how brilliant to be in this gang. Babe, we were talking about the Brass documentary too. Yeah. And how toxic, is it Matt? Which one's the, the one who sings? <sighs> yeah, both of their, rela- their, their relationships. They seem to have a difficult relationship. I think probably being brothers doesn't help. Because no, because they've imagine, got family deep Imagine if you've got a family dynamic. The Beach Boys had that as well, didn't they? Oh, do, do they? Well, actually, and the Gallaghers. And the Gallaghers is a family. You, Maybe that makes it harder. Do you I think know, they'll somehow. get back the Gallaghers? Do you think it's too far gone? No, I don't think it is too far gone. I think um, I might be completely wrong. Because like Mancunians have this sense of stubbornness that I don't think exists oh, anywhere I've, else in the oh, world. Oh, I've noticed, Robbie Williams. Yeah, but I'm not a Mancunian. You're so stubborn. Yes, I know, but then there's degrees of stubborn. Babe, you're right next to Manchester. Yeah, well, it, <laughs> it just go And then it sort of like drops off after Leeds. For some reason, people get less stubborn. Anyway, that stubbornness uh, might never relinquish. But I also think that there's an ego in place too, because... You know, you want your records to be successful and you want your tours to be successful. And in a declining record industry where interest in you and your your star sort of fades, I just think eventually both of them will go, Should we? Should, can we go to stadiums again? Because it feels good and I get lots of money. But this is what we're saying is, don't you think though it can be so toxic that even that money and that kind of adulation or getting to do your thing is still not worth it because you have to be in a room I think if someone's upset your you know your wife or something like that as well that makes it more complicated I think oh yeah when there's like wife when, wars yeah when somebody has been you know insulted you're talking about the Beatles no well, I was thinking about the Gallagher's but I mean I think when, when it's when there's <laughs> you know other the people involved we were talking as well about. <laughs> when other people are involved I think that's hard yeah because there's like because you can because you can rally around I mean I might think well you've insulted me fair enough but you've, you've insulted you've the person off my I wife. Love, and my children. Yeah, then I can't. I can't you can't go that, back, yeah. really, can you? Well, if there's contrition and apologies, and I'm sorry, and I said that because I because of this. But then you also need the other people to be on board as well. Like, well, that's what happened with me and Tate. That was like I, we sat in a room, and I said, "I'm sorry, I said this, but this is the reason that I said it," and we all received it so well. Well, you all have to. That's what we were talking about earlier too. Is that you all have to be yeah. in the same place of wanting to let go of the things that hurt and move forward but if there's but one but it was like it was carrying several rucksacks of rocks around with me mentally for years that just released in one go and the gift of being able to sort of I always loved Gaz but I didn't like a lot of the things that he was back in the day and I'm sure that he loved me and didn't like a lot of the things that I was too but the moment we sort of came to an understanding and agreement was just love and it felt exquisite you know and I would um, that was the person you had to heal the relationship with yeah that was the main I mean I remember when we met after we were fangirling over your channel swim thank you um, you're welcome is that you would then at night we'd watch you and then you would read the Gary Barlow autobiography to me furiously smoking cigarettes going over quotes and the thing and then he fucking said and you would just start reading it and there'd be like a long drawn out conversation about what he did back in the day and how this was not correct and then underlining bits he was like highlighting you'd things. underline bits so he was focused though, he was even focused even though you'd had this huge success you were still scouring Gary Barlow's autobiography yes. for references to yes. you yes mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's, that's one that's way. Because of what was unresolved there. Uh, so much. Right. So much stuff. So much young buck stuff. Had you had any contact at all? Uh, bits and bobs. Um, yeah, no, not really, actually. No. I phoned him from rehab, I think, but I can't remember. Apologising. Um, but then we did, and we have, and he's... I, I'm sort of now, you know, it's like... I really needed him to know that I could do it. That I could do the songwriting. <clears throat> and once that we'd written together, that was a big healing thing too. David, do you have a stubborn side? Uh, yes, and I don't think it's a good side, is it? A stubborn side, really. Especially when you fall out with someone and you're then, all right, I'm Hold on. I'm not going to call them, I'm not going to Hold on. Them. You say stubborn. Yeah. Have you got a nag inside? I wouldn't say I have a nag inside. Maybe, maybe... I'm not stubborn though. I'm definitely the first one to you're go. Not, you're not stubborn. I'm not. I say I'm sorry. Mm. I, I I don't like the stubborn part of me actually. Do you, do you recognize it? Like do you notice yeah. what's happening? Yeah. You call me it's stubborn. It's not all an time. attractive quality, is it? It's not. It's not a good quality to have because, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, you meet anybody. Yeah, but what if you're right? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's family. You meet so many people who say. Oh, I don't speak to this one or that one. Or I haven't seen my father or my mother or whoever it is for years and years and years. We can just so. call him Rob. We don't have to. Speak. <laughs> and uh, and often it's so long, people can can't even really remember what the thing. Yeah, they don't know what they're about. fighting about. And it's just stubbornness, isn't it? It's meant that somebody didn't want to pick up the phone to the other person and, and heal it. And of course, you actually the only person you hurt is it's yourself, yourself, isn't it? By being angry and and you know full of hatred for this other person. You know, it's 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 it's. It's so it's so negative and it achieves nothing. But I think as you get older, you get you, the one good thing is you do get a bit wiser, don't you? And you and you you're not you know you think what's the point of all this stupidity? That's what? kind of well, what I think. Can you remember the last time you were stubborn about something? You might not want to dic- disclose that, but can you remember when I was? You were always was stubborn. Okay, when was the last time I was stubborn? I mean, just any time there's any kind of disagreement about something, you just. Don't want to even if you like don't want to go to the doctors when your tooth is falling out. You're like, babe, I need to go, and it's like the tooth then falls out. I'm like, honestly, we could just take care of this with some antibiotics. You're just kind of like very, you kind of are, you kind of dig down in your ways. Like if there's anything where, but I was thinking in a relationship, if there's one person that's stubborn, both people can't be stubborn. Like there wouldn't be room for me to be equally as stubborn, or we'd be Ike and Tina. Thank you. You're welcome. So. Like, I just kind of think you have this thing where... And mom's kind of like that. Yeah, I'm throwing you... She's very stubborn. And, and they both kind of, in that sense, have difficulty saying, I'm sorry. Whereas I'm quite quick to... Because I just... There's, I don't like confrontation. I don't like bad energy. No, like, I think I'm, it's so much better just to say sorry. And move it's, on. Very, so. it's very difficult to say sorry. But why but, do you think it's difficult? No, but I'm learning how to say sorry. Yeah, you've gotten better. Me. You've gotten so yeah. much better at kind of Are like, you good at sorry? Um... Probably not as good as I'd like to be. It's a practice. Yeah. It is like I know you mean because it's a, it's sometimes it feels like you're admitting yeah. you were in the wrong and then it's not very comfortable to do that because you might it not doesn't think necessarily yeah. resolve everything, does it? Because, exactly. Because you feel like the, the other person should say sorry and then they right. Don't. This, and you're like, you're like <laughs> I've done my bit. Yeah, and they go, now oh, I did I the you were going to say sorry now, and you go, oh no, they didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, if I accepted complete yeah. culpability for this, situation? yeah, and that's what's sometimes difficult about it. But I just think it's such an ego game because really, it's just having to remove the stigma of what being wrong versus right is, and kind of having to push that need to be validated that you are right out of the way and kind of go, well, here's my part of it. Even if the other person doesn't say sorry for their part, I get to say sorry for Another my part. Another question. Yeah. Mm. Do you think that when you get older and your ears get bigger, there'll be <laughs> like surgery to make your ears smaller? Yeah. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Because you've got big ears. I know. I've got really big, I've got really big earlobes. I've never noticed your earlobes being... I've got being... really big earlobes. You do have a large... I never even noticed that before. Huge lobes. See, if you were a woman, you Gary, could just Gary Barlow litter those the... up with some earrings. Oh, then Dave, it would just like, go just, away. Gary Barlow used to... You, oh, we'd love that. He'd love that. He used to flick ears. He used to he's got a, He's got an ear fetish. I know he, he loves an earlobe. Like he'll he'll, oh, really? he'll stroke a lobe. But I have quite small lobes, so I don't think I'm, I'm I of know, much interest. I, I know that my ears will get much bigger, and I was thinking. And hairier. You, you can fix that. Baby. Can you have? Can you just shave? Yeah. Your get, I had surgery on my ears once too, because I felt that they were big and they stuck out. Yeah. So they they actually sewed one of the ears t- t- closer into my head. Yeah. But the surgery failed. There was an infection, and they had to. Uh, my my um, board submission doubled yeah. in size. 
<laughs> see, <laughs> see, Baby Yoda didn't even need CGI. <laughs> she came ready made. And I, uh, I had to have everything removed, all the stitches. But she will wear her hair back. Yeah, I don't wear my hair back. Your hair back. You have never seen me with my hair back. Let's see your ears. You got to pull it back. Let's see your ears. Come on, show David your ears. Look at the face. She's so. No, show me the other side. Just go like that, please. They are large. They are. They are quite substantial. Have you ever taken off? We were, we, yes, were, we were ready to go, no, but nobody You're fine did. as you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you know why, that bit where you're supposed me. to go, no, baby, yeah. you're awesome the way you are. That's, that's why correct. you're calling your baby Yoda, I get it. But none of us have even seen your ears. Hey, by the way, I think I woke up now, so we can oh, well, the podcast. Oh, well, welcome to the... Well, I was going to ask you, because I actually didn't get to ask you guys before, because obviously this will go out later, whatever, but we didn't get to talk about the boy in the dress, which I cannot tell you how much I love. Like, I've been telling everybody... You guys have created something so incredible with that musical. I mean, like already before your books, you know, we read them to our kids and and by pure choice, not by knowing you at all, we loved them. And then for you to get the opportunity to work Mm -hmm. on The Boy Boy in the Dress as a musical and for me to watch you create that music in our house and have it come alive in our basement and just have this real magical moment with that and then to actually see it come together on stage with our kids was so incredibly powerful and exciting and um, exhilarating. It was really like such a proud moment. It was something I was thinking in terms of our kids, like you were talking about your ride's going to open up that you're going to purchase and dismantle. Um, that, mm-hmm. that I think that's one of the coolest things I think our kids have responded to more than, you know, angels is that musical well, it's, it's, it is a, it's lovely, isn't it? And there's something so, just cool. so euphoric about the show and warm and good-hearted about yeah. it and positive about Gentle it. Gentle and... Yeah, and so it's a very loving piece, yeah. I feel. And I feel like it's one that, uh, you know, doesn't exclude anybody. I think pretty much anyone could go to that show and enjoy it. And it doesn't matter if you're a kid or a grown-up, whatever. It's There's something in there for you. And if you're a grown-up, you're thinking about your own childhood. Yeah. And if you're a kid, you're just enjoying the, the story about the kids. And actually, oh. the musical format enhances the book, really, oh. sort of. Thanks. Completely. Thanks, Glenn. Completely. It does, because it <laughs> amplifies all the moments. No, I'm so thank you. So the sad moments are sadder. Yeah. And, you know, because, the funny moments are funnier. Yeah, because the, the, the songs amplify. And songs are magic, aren't they? And, and for someone who, me, I'm not talking about Rob here, who can't write songs, <laughs> but me, I can't write songs, I can't play musical instruments, I can't sing. It feels completely magic when anyone can create a song. And so that there's it's so, so many, like so many great ones. Um, Did you yeah. feel like when you were writing it, was it more? And I guess that's an overall question with children's books. Is like, do you feel like when you're writing them, it's more about your childhood or your perspective as a father? I think I'm thinking back to when I was like ten, eleven, or twelve, and thinking what, I, how I saw the world. Because I think if, when you're young, you see the world in a different way. Like I remember. You know, in, in where we lived, on the street where we lived, you know, there might be a deserted house or something, and you would go there and look at it, and go and ride on new bikes and look at the house and go, oh, the curtain twitch, right. there's a ghost there There's or a witch like in there. So you definitely, the world is kind of hyper real to you as a kid. And when bad things happen to you, it really feels like the end of the world, doesn't it? If you got expelled from school or something, oh, it's, you think that's it, my life is over. You don't have much to draw on. Yeah, yes, and so, um, and because you don't have that much power, do you? You're, it's really, grown-ups have all this power over you, so... There's lots of things about being a kid that are uh, difficult, and the, and the world also seems a kind of bigger, scarier, bigger crazier place than, than maybe it really is. Um, and as a result, I think when, you, when you're trying to write something for kids, you've got to think back to as a child. seeing the world through a child's eyes. I think well, that is one of probably my, the key to it. One of my favorite quotes, I mean, not one of my, it, it's just a quote that hit me recently that I've just kind of stuck in my brain. I said it to you, and it didn't kind of resonate for you, but it was, and I, I think the quote was from No, I get it now because I've just thought it. But the, the quote is, you see the world, and I'll get the name, but you see the world once from childhood and the rest is from memory. And I quite like that because I do think that for me, when I look at the world as an adult, so much of it is just, or all of it is really based on a distant memory of how I want things to feel from when I was a child or how I, how I absorbed them in that moment, how I saw them as a child. It's still kind of carrying forward as, as an adult. It's like everything kind of pulls me back to my experience with that food as a kid or my experience with that building as a child like it all kind of roots back to that it's all kind of like imprinted from there isn't it but it's an amazing having children isn't it because you sort of get to relive your childhood in lots of ways don't you because you you, I don't know play games you wouldn't play 
is a yeah. up. You, you and it's a safer, books, you watch films, it's a safer way to experience childhood in some yeah. way because you have the you have the the, the, the tools. beauty of the tools and the hindsight, and you kind of realize that that little thing that that kid said isn't as important as it feels, and that you know that you will move on from that. And I think like for you doing the Christmas album, something that's you know something that's so magical is, is now being a parent with Christmas because Christmas goes through this kind of you know magic moment as a child, and then you kind of learn about Santa and whatever and you become a teenager in your early 20s and it kind of loses its luster and then you become a parent again and it and it and ignites with this completely what's going to happen when the children leave home don't it gets me very upset that when they're like 18 or something and they're like well, you know, and they don't want to and I mean everything you say and they're like do we got their own plans at Christmas and... well even now I don't know if you notice this with Alfred is like with Teddy when she's got friends over before know yeah they just run off in their yeah. little world which you remember as a kid but now as adult it's like you used to need me all the time david you know? have your leg hairs turned wiry like pubes yet oh. no yours have mine have yeah i got do, do your hairs feel like an old man's hair um wow this is an interesting they're quite topic. soft did you ever shave yours or something i've okay. shaved my really yeah why times. did you shave your legs do you ever manscape um just to see what it looked like really Sometimes yeah. he looks like a young Asian boy. He'll just run into the bathroom for about 15 minutes and come back like... Well, you've shaved all your... Oh, I've yeah. Shaved, I've shaved this off, to, like, last week. He'll go... He'll also do, like, this... A number two. He'll take my, my scissors and start trimming the nether But I'm very, very hairy. You're not very hairy. I'm quite hairy, What yeah. about... You must have a hairy back. Uh, this is taking an <laughs> interesting is, turn, isn't it? I've got a little I mean, bit of hair on the back, yeah. Rob's got I, incredibly I my, hairy back. I have mine taken off. How? Um, I have somebody shear me. That's me. Really? He makes it's me you shear. You or Day, my hairdresser. No, but you make me. me shear the whole backside. Yeah. Not just the back. She, she. But then we get to a razor on the arse because it's like dreadful. <laughs> Love Island. Do you feel sorry I for saw, me sometimes. I saw people like one of those people I was in Laurie's. watching Love Island and someone was shaving someone's bum. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's what he makes me do. This is prime time yes. entertainment. But this is what he makes me do. With we have to do a wet shave in the bath sometimes. Why? Do you remember when you were very well, pregnant with Ida and you, uh, you did a waxing of Rob? Yeah, I did a wax. She's looking at my ass, and I like to get my ass out a lot. Not so much these days. Uh, he makes me go in deep, David. I don't. I don't. You like to do a thorough job. I like where I choose to do because out of <laughs> out of wife wife uh, duties, I commit. So but you it's must pretty graphic. You must be as hairy as me. See, look I, at David's traumatized face. I took testosterone for quite a while, and when you did, did it make your hair grow? Yeah, yeah, it did. Really? Yes. What else did it do? Um, it made me look like a brick, and it <laughs> made me look like a doorman. And that's not the and you were quite that I was randy. trying to achieve. Yeah. And it made me so... How long did you take it for? Well, on and off, like a couple of like years. Like 12 years. <laughs> and what's the benefit of it? Um, you can work out for three hours a day. Yeah. Even mm. when you've got a newborn baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so this the one that people do in the... You know, sometimes you, lose you see weight. people who have a gym... You know, some people have a kind of physique where you think... Like Bruce bit, Willis or Well, not Stallone. so much that. I think when they look like the Hulk or something. And you yeah, he, go, did, he looked like a bouncer. And you think, that guy must have been taking something strange. Yeah, he didn't look his best. I mean, you, you did lose all of your neck. Hey, look, if you go see a doctor and the doctor goes, I know why you're depressed and low libido and low, you're not functioning very well. It's because your testosterone is of a 99-year-old uh, granddad. And you're like, oh, okay, well, perhaps... Plus you like drugs. So. Some testosterone then, and then they give you testosterone, and then... Uh, you abuse it. Oh, well, you say abuse. Enjoy. Enjoy. So when you stop taking it, did anything happen? All the opposite. All the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Really? Rewind no, the tape and... Yeah. What happens physically? Uh, well, I'm smaller, aren't I? I mean, you kind of... It's like testosterone makes you lose weight but bulk up. Yeah. It's like you had less fat, but you were larger, whereas now you're more slim. David, have you run out of talk juice? Is this where we wrap up the podcast? Okay. You can do. I'd like a cup of tea, please. Oh, we'll get a cup of tea. What okay. kind of tea would you like? Um, I'd like, in we're in a hotel, I'd like English breakfast tea, please. Yeah, we can wrap up and just have a tea. David, it's so nice that you've taken the time to uh, come and do this podcast today. Really appreciate it. My absolute pleasure. Yeah, it's lovely spending time. I learned very, so much lovely. more about English and American language. Oh, we didn't talk we about didn't it. We didn't talk about that, though. We really. talked about it a bit. 
We um, talked about other. We talked. We, then we just had to change the subject to, to ourselves. I know because we were much I was more like, interested. I was like, I was going to talk about the use and favor and color. And then we went to your ass. Sometimes hairs we and... were on Britain's Got Talent. Remember, we had this act. This woman came on. I think she was doing something like there were plants that somehow they could. She could read our futures through plants or something like that. Anyway, the whole audience were booing. They were bored out of their brains. But we, the judges, were all enjoying it because it was about <laughs> us. <laughs> Tell me more I mean, about me. You're reading our future through plants or something like that. Hold so, on, she's got the focus. Awful, isn't That's it? That's so, so funny. Really Well, that was fun, wasn't it? Well, maybe for Robbie. Not so much for David and me, who had to see him in his panties. Big thank you to David for coming on and being an amazing guest, despite the enforced nudity. I'll make sure next time Rob is fully clothed. Join us for the next episode very soon, where there will be more laughs and hopefully less pants. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please subscribe. I mean, it's actually begging. Rate us, review us, all the five stars, all the bells and whistles, please, wherever you find your podcasts. Seriously, desperate, desperate for a good review. Also, if you can't get enough of my voice and feel you need me in your life weekly rather than fortnightly, then check out Stay at Home with the Williamses, where me and hubby Rob will be chatting about life in the Williams household, life under lockdown, and let's see how we are all getting along coping in this new normal. Search for Stay at Home with the Williamses and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Postcards from the Edge is a Blueprint Pods production. Executive producer Sophie Palak and producer Warren Borg. And- Postcards from the Edge. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.